everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and of course, that makes this episode 49 of the Circles and Squares PlayStation podcast. Uh, one away from the big five, okay, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I, we didn't even, I think we realized actually this morning that it was one away from the <laughs> We're like, holy shit. We're like, oh my god, <laughs> we, we gotta some, plan something. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, good things are coming, guys, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it will be a big, exciting episode next time. Um, what will it be? We're not exactly sure yet ourselves, so right. you're gonna it have to is- listen and find out. I prefer the word surprise. It's a surprise for everyone involved. (laughs) (laughs) We like surprises and we're going to keep it that way for ourselves probably as long as possible. Uh, Plan it out, you know, two days before and we'll see how it goes. But anyway, maybe a little bit more ahead of that. But uh, Kate, how are you? You're in your new place. Welcome to your new home. Officially, yes, officially in my new place. For those of you video watchers, uh, I promise I intend to clean it up at some point. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's been a couple of days. I'm doing the the box thing, so yeah, yeah. Um, Get making sure you had the right TV there. Exactly. Yeah, making sure you have the right TV. You know, you never know. Things look a little different when they're put in different places. Um, <laughs> yeah, look look forward to the bookshelf just sort of filling up. Uh, in the background that'll be a fun every episode there's like two or three different new things in there (laughs) what could it be this time who knows it'll be like phil spencer leaving little clues behind him in the in the press conferences that's right they'll be like oh my god the spine of that book was orange it's a new crash bandicoot (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect yeah yeah all right kate well let's uh get into talking about some games for today of course that's what we like to start the show off with every single time so we're gonna start off uh, by the first half of the show talking about what we've been playing the last couple of weeks and then the second half of the show, just because we still are in the early parts of 2022, we thought we'd just go through uh, some of the games we know are supposed to be releasing this year and talk about uh, the games we're most excited for and what we're looking forward to playing throughout the year. Um, because we got a lot of good stuff coming out, so we got to take a chance and, and talk about where we're at with that. Um, and just a reminder to everyone before we get going that we really, really need some new listener mail questions. We're digging deep into the mailbag. We've answered a lot. Uh, we're back on answering one every single show, but we're running low. So if you have any questions for us or you want to ask us uh, some trivia or tell us a story about a game we talked about on the show, really anything you want to write in about, just send those questions um, to circlesandsquarespod at gmail.com um, or reply to our thread on Twitter as well. And we will get to that um, on one of the upcoming shows and we look forward to those messages every time we get them so uh, please go ahead and do that but for now Kate let's talk about the games we've been playing I'd like to go first because I have an update on something um, that I told you about a couple episodes ago which was I finally beat uh, the behemoth RPG that is Dragon Quest 11 um, probably I think I clocked in at like 60 hours or so it's, it's hard to tell because I had so much of that idle time my file was like you know 200 hours but I think it's because I had it on pause for so long so I hope I didn't play for that long um, <clears throat> but anyway last time I was telling you about how um, I think it was like a really interesting kind of generic RPG right like it's yeah it's dragon quest it's the same you're gonna have like the the types like the different elemental spells and the level up system is like a nice little sphere grid kind of thing you can really build your characters flexibly very flexibly um and the the game itself like one of the best things i liked about it is it's one where there's no random battles they are like overworld encounters and i continued to think that all the way through um one of the things i i just have i have mostly positives to say about this game but i mean i complained about the music last time the music is just unbearable in this game. It's it's not that it's it's not that it's all bad music. Some of the music is like, oh man, this is kind of off putting. Like some of the boss themes are just kind of they sound out of tune almost. But the the music itself is just so repetitive. There's only like six or seven main songs and you hear them all the way through. And it never really changes. You get to one area near the end and 
there is some new music and it's actually kind of cool and creepy because you're mm-hmm. in this kind of like evil lair. And then what mm-hmm. happens? It just kind of it fades back out into the main theme. <laughs> and it's like, what just, are you doing? <laughs> you it know, teases you a little bit. Oh, and it's it like, does. Oh, but hang on. It does. And I got asked too, is it the music just static? Because I've been playing a lot of, um, well, I hopped back into Hades for a couple runs the other day. And I know Hades is not a fair bar to judge everything else on because it's just one of the most polished games of all time. Mm-hmm. But that has that dynamic um like orchestra like the score is dynamic so like depending on how well you're doing and how like intense this the room is it'll actually like adjust based off of your gameplay so it's not just like a set track that just goes it it does dynamically change and i feel like that's kind of like it's the new thing we're seeing in a lot of games and it almost kind of like spoils just those set tracks that you hear on repeat over yeah, and over yeah. and over again. You know, I think that's a really apt comparison because I think it's it's like a na- the nature of the this game being an RPG, right? Like they're like it's one of those ones where the battle screen kind of fades in, like it cuts to the battle screen, then there's the exploration music, like a like any classic Pokemon or Final Fantasy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really have those those uh dynamic tracks. It's more like this is a boss fight, so here's the you know, mm-hmm. here's the boss theme or whatever. But regardless of that, like the the music is just such a small part. And by the end of it, it was all, it almost became like a meme. Like it was funny when the same music came back on. And I was <laughs> right. just, you know, I was just getting through it because I enjoyed so much of the game. Other than that, like I I really enjoyed the story was more twisty and turny than I expected. Like it is still you know a fairly paint by the numbers kind of JRPG story. Mm-hmm. But there was there was some interesting parts. There was like a few character deaths that I didn't anticipate and some some cool things that happen with like characters that join your party or leave your party and, and whatnot. So that kind of thing is always what really I'm a sucker for in a lot of RPGs, like how your mm-hmm. party comes together. And it's right. not only like the characters kind of coming in and out, but what I also really loved and I, I talked about a bit was like the the level up system is really flexible in that every character has maybe two or two to three or some of them have maybe four different weapons and paths you can kind of build them out and one can use like whips or swords or spears and they all have different abilities so just sort of choosing like how you're going to build that out and what characters you're going to give what weapons is is fun Mm -hmm. like that's the kind of thing i really enjoy for these games like the team building aspect yeah and so um it was just a great experience that way and one thing i think i neglected to talk about last time which may be my favorite mechanic in this game is the crafting system and Hmm. I don't really care for a lot of crafting. I know like it's a huge mechanic in a lot of games now, but I, it's hard when that's like a to find a game where that's really a standout. You know, it's usually something yeah. you do sort of in the background. Or that's like, exactly what I thought when you mentioned you know? it. I was like, I don't think I've ever once heard a game that like, oh, what stands out here is the crafting <laughs> system. Especially if it's not like a survival game, right? Yeah. It's just, like you said, just something that you just typically know that you do because that's the reward for exploring and finding that extra chest is you get a crafting whatever. Exactly. Yeah. No, this game does it really, really well. Like that you get an item pretty early on called the fun size forge and it's like a mobile forging thing. It's like a little mini game you play and you basically have like a shield could be like a um a circular it's a circular item so it's kind of like you'll have a block of a two by two block and a, with a mm-hmm. corner of the shield in each one and that you'll have to use like your hammer to bash it in certain ways to kind of forge it like you would on a blacksmith uh what's it called an anvil mm-hmm. and they get more complicated like you get different kinds of hits like you um i guess you spend like mp points on doing different sorts of hits on it and you have to make it as best you can up to these meters it's a really good system and you're rewarded for making a higher precision item by getting um, 
these the secondary currency, which then you can use to rework items you already have and make them even better. So you're constantly in this feedback back loop of like, oh, I can now craft some new material. So I'll go build this new armor, then I'll upgrade it with the stuff that you get from that. And then you're building new stuff, upgrading that. And it's just this great feedback loop of of that reinforces itself on top of the fact that you can also buy all the materials you need right from that menu. You don't actually have to go find them in the overworld if you don't want. You can just pay a premium to get them and you end up having so much money that you can just do it. And mm -hmm. it, it really streamlines the whole thing. And I spent like quite a bit of time just sitting in that menu sort of powering up through through making my gear better, not so much even having to grind against enemies. Okay. That sounds like such nice quality of life, especially mm -hmm. for like a long JRPG. And like when you've got multiple characters you're wanting to kit out, like it's one thing yeah. when you're playing like, whatever like dark souls you're like oh, i want to get this like oh i got a new shield and like okay i'm gonna use my new shield and that's exciting and like i found it and i wasn't necessarily expecting to get it now it's like you know it goes those certain games like loot's exciting to find yeah. but in other games it's like no you just want to have what you want to have <laughs> because like you don't want to do that for seven different characters and it like becomes this massive grind right i think it becomes like in a game like zelda or like i guess skyrim where you're just one character and you're doing your upgrades mm -hmm. for yourself it's different but when you're managing a party like that you want it to be streamlined and like you mm -hmm. can just equip what you want and and so i really appreciated that about about this game for sure and like you say uh convenience as well like time saver it totally was like you didn't have to grind for those the game also does things like you can ride a horse around pretty early to to move quicker but uh you used to have to do it by ringing a bell outside of a town but Quite early on, again, you get this item called the horse hailer, where you can just literally transport a horse right to you and ride it wherever you want. And it's just very, very easy. Same thing. Eventually, you get like a flying ability to fly in the air. You can just call that thing from wherever you want. You don't have to go to like an airport or a certain area to get it. And I'm just picturing like an actual airport. <laughs> yeah. in, in that world, it does not fit. Yeah, no, not quite. But you know, like it's just stuff like that that not all games yeah. do, especially all like RPGs like this. Sometimes they have some finicky like, no, no, you can only, you know, equip items if you go to this certain dresser in your hideout or something, yeah, you know. Exactly. It's very flexible. Yeah, the, the what was it, the quintessential oak line? It's like you can't use that here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool though. Like you also uh, the, the last thing I wanted to mention was there's some light overworld type of puzzles in certain ones of the dungeons in the in terms of like you can actually ride certain enemies around as well. So outside of battle if you defeat them then you can um you can basically take their power for a little bit like there's it'll be like enemies like uh there's these guys that ride dragons around and so you kill the guy on the back and then the dragon's just kind of flapping there and you can actually ride it and like find secret areas to explore in different that maps or cool. there's another one that's like a spider and you can climb up the walls um just little traversal stuff like that that kind of spices up the otherwise you're just kind of running through corridors right makes it a little yeah. bit more interesting that is incredibly cool so so anyway after playing this i now have like a weird craving to watch dragon ball z because it's the same art director <laughs> right it's the exact same artist <laughs> and it's not like he like changed up his style like it is the exact same as dragon ball z oh 100 there's a boss that looks just like frieza like later on just kind of like a more aggressive version so <laughs> interesting but yeah it's a cool game i would definitely recommend anyone check this out like if you have game pass and you can just play it or it goes on sale pretty often on like playstation and switch also but it's it's a really cool game and i would say if you're kind of new to playing rpgs it's a really good one to get in there because it doesn't require a lot of grinding it's yeah you can yeah. save easily good checkpoints like fun level and, ups yeah i'm sorry how many hours did you say it took you to beat uh i think it took me probably about 60 hours if i had to guess okay. i know how and long that's... to beat has it at 55 
Okay, and that's not bad because I find with those kind of games, it's always the length that's the most intimidating part. And like, mm -hmm. it's fun getting into the world and meeting the characters and learning the systems. And then I play for about like 30 hours and it's just this massive, long, grindy game reaching out in front of me and I just fall off. But it's this seems much. like the kind of one where it's like, you know, it might actually not, like might be plausible for me to beat it without it being like a game I dedicate tons of time to. Like occasionally like a persona 5 will come along and it's like fine mm -hmm. I put 120 hours into that game and i beat it whatever but the vast majority of games are not going to be persona 5s for me <laughs> mm -hmm. oh exactly it, they become and there's a certain point too you always hit in those games where it's like okay i put 45 hours into this i feel like i'm not making a lot of progress and then you hit a hard boss and it's like i'm probably gonna have to grind up five or six levels and you just don't feel like doing it and you just put it down yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know what? I've kind of gotten what I feel like I can get out of this game. I might as well just play something else because especially when you hit that grinding wall, like that's like, you're not respecting mm -hmm. my time anymore. I've already given you like seven months of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to move on. <laughs> exactly. No, this this yeah. is definitely good for that. And I think they do it in a good way too, because I know there's a lot of, I've kind of read through some forums on this game and just, you know, a couple tips and, you know, what I might have missed. And I know mm -hmm. from reading that there's a pretty extensive post game apparently, and people are probably going to say, hey, James, you didn't actually beat the game because there's a real final true boss after right. the credits and whatever. And it's like, you know, I like that that challenge is in there because apparently it does get quite a bit harder and like you have to pretty much max your characters out and do that type of shit that people really like in these RPGs. And it's like, that's usually mm -hmm. not what I come for. And I'm glad that that's kind of locked after the post game and that the main story up to the credits is, is more, uh, I wouldn't say it's always easy, but you don't have to grind and really put in that mm -hmm. extra, extra laborious work that sometimes you do in these games. So I'm glad to, to see that. Um, but yeah, Dragon Quest is really cool. You should check it out and play it. Um, and you know I, I think I yeah. played the demo actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. I think I played the demo and I actually like kind of got into it. You know what's funny is I remember the demo being like, this music's kind of a bop. And maybe it is yeah. for like It's not bad. It's just, it's just, yeah. <laughs> You'll see yeah, what I mean but, if you play. Yeah. If you play. But um, I had one other game I wanted to tell you about before I hear about your, uh, your interesting adventure you've been having. So let me tell you about Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze because... <gasps> Uh, this is a game that uh, came out in what, like 2016, I think. Yeah, it was for the Wii U. For the I Wii U, I think. Wii. Hmm. I think it was on the Wii U. It was not on the Wii. It wasn't on the Wii. Okay, they had Donkey Kong Wii. Country Returns on the Wii. Right, okay. But uh, yeah, this is Tropical Freeze. So this is basically the same thing as that. It's like a, the old school side-scroller Donkey Kong. And the, the uh, I guess, interesting factor of this one is that the, the tropical island that he lives on has been invaded by a giant evil polar i think he's a polar bear maybe he's a walrus either way he's got like a big ice gun and like <laughs> those you know. are not animals <laughs> well, it's a big it's up. a big snowy animal okay <laughs> okay right but like does it have legs <laughs> oh i just yes it has legs it has legs okay. i believe it's a walrus i believe it's a walrus because later on there's like some moves he does anyway okay. he freezes the island hence the tropical freeze Right. And you're kind of going through these levels and defrosting the island and taking out all his minions. Mm -hmm. They're kind of themed after Vikings and they have this whole story kind of going on. But that's not why people come to Donkey Kong, right? It's for the gameplay and and the relative, um, I guess, the challenge. These games are known for being pretty challenging, yeah. the, the Donkey Kong games. And this one, I don't think is any exception. It It is tough for sure. There's, I mean, there's good checkpoints. I think it's more than doable, but it's definitely not like, you know, playing a Mario side-scroller with some of the easier levels in there. I know there's some tough stuff in Mario too, but in general, I'd say this is kind of, you know, a lot more intricate. And the thing I really like about it, and I always forget this about Donkey Kong, and I'm sure you can identify this too, Kate, is just the amount of 
momentum you can build up when you're yeah. sort of rolling through and you and you hit those uh like on top of the enemy's heads and you can keep rolling you can actually get yep. a lot of speed if you know what you're doing and there, you get that feeling in this game pretty often it gives you lots of opportunities to do that and i just feel like this game although you die a lot you need to redo portions it just makes you feel like such a master when you get these levels right i love it and um i don't know if you've seen much gameplay of it but like do you have any any impressions of uh it? I've seen a little bit. It's always one of those games that's been on my list to play. Like, I adore the old Donkey Kong Country, especially 2, mm -hmm. uh, is when I played a few times with different people. I've always played them co-op. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I played enjoyed... this single player, so. Yeah, and I always enjoyed that that's an aspect. And like you said, they get hard. Donkey Kong Country 2 is like an amazing soundtrack as well. So oh, this one too. It's awesome. Good. Okay. Because yeah. I just adore those games. And I've always intended to go around and, and beat that, but just not really for playing much Wii U. I never yeah 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 that. um but it's definitely on my list of, of a game to play and it's one of those series that i have so highly acclaimed in my mind but have played like an embarrassingly low amount of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean like i said I, this one's game's been out for so long I, I only just picked it up last month but um you know like the thing that i also love about it too is like the old ones had they had that great style you know like mm -hmm. that uh it was very classic like like a uh, super nintendo kind of look Mm -hmm. And this game too, I feel like they've really brought that into the modern setting. Like the theming of these worlds is is really great. I kind of find that like Do Donkey Kong, like Diddy Kong, they're a little bit too humanoid, and like they're something about their bodies is like a little off putting to me in a weird way. But but the environments, I'm kind of joking with that, but kind of serious. <laughs> but the the environments are super cool. Like they're the same Donkey Kong stuff you you know, like with the jungle and the vines and the different stuff. But they've they've added the ability in these newer games um, to to grab onto stuff, so you can grab like, um, I guess they'd be like branches and stuff ahead of you or like there's like moss that grows on certain the sides of certain walls so you can climb up of it and it just adds this element to the regular like jump on guys heads and and the rolling stuff that they had in the older games and it, it's just uh really really fun to traverse and the levels themselves they have this theming that progresses like one of the levels in this game it, they're kind of separated into islands and everyone they're like subdivided into like island one 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 two one three right like the different areas mm -hmm. and the, the theming throughout the levels is just so continuous like you'll They'll, you'll start on a tropical island there's kind of like fruit trees outside and then in the next level on you're at the juice factory and then the next level on it's like you're outside the other side of the factory and there's like these bouncy juice cubes that you use just for that level and you can bounce on them but it doesn't right. recur and they don't overuse it and then they change it up again the next level and then those cubes are frozen so you can't bounce anymore but now you can just jump on them like platforms and this these threads just go through the whole game and make it feel really cohesive unlike mm -hmm. other games where it's kind of just like okay what are the how are we going to design this level and then what's sort of the aesthetic we're going to put on it you know whereas this they've thought out like what would a donkey kong juice factory look like how could we build a level <laughs> and like theme that you know it really feels like they built it out really intentionally and it just i right. think that's what this game is it's just such a polished version of like those tricky platformers that is really exciting you you've sold me on this i was actually um sitting when i was moving and i was setting up my entertainment stand with my apparently it's my tv mm -hmm. um, and i had i was putting you know like the games on the shelf and everything and i put on my copy of um my crash remaster. oh yeah 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 and i was thinking i was like you know what i really want to get back into it i feel like i could go for a platformer for whatever reason like they're not games i play all the time like i loved odyssey um and i definitely play them from time to time but they're one of those like when I'm in the mood for kind of games. Mm -hmm. And I saw the crash and I was like, yeah, I think I'm in the mood. Like I could play some crash. But now I'm thinking Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. 
it's on switch right i'm assuming it is it is switch. i can lend it to you if you want Ooh, it's very appealing because you know? it, yeah. it has a pretty big <clears throat> price tag I, I it's still full price right like i right? got it on a discount but it is still like you got to pay for it right it's nintendo and that's just mm -hmm. the way it is and it's kind of frustrating sometimes but you know you bite the bullet and i honestly feel like it was worth it like it, this is a great game right it's just yeah am i you can't buy too many games at that price if you're a lot of people and so you gotta yeah. pick and choose and so, I mean, yeah, could I have fun with something else? Sure. But this has been, this is a great game as well, um, which I would highly recommend. The, there's okay. a couple of weird things. Like there's, there's now three um, partners you can get. Like, you know, you can break Diddy out of the barrel and kind of have mm -hmm. two. And there's like Dixie in some of the older games as well. And yeah. this game, you can also get Cranky. And I don't know if that's something that was also in any of the ones before this, but you can get Cranky and it's just, they all have like different abilities. Like yeah. with Diddy, you get the jetpack. Dixie has like this jump where she kind of goes down and then flutters up. Yeah. She kind of has like yeah. her hair sort of like helicopters her yeah. a little bit, at least in the old games. That's, that's right. That's right. And then Cranky, uh, you can bounce on his canes. You can bounce on like spiky pits and stuff, which is very yeah. useful in certain parts. But by and large, like Dixie is just so far and away the best one because she's essentially like extra mm. height. And it just lets no, you get up. Slow down. She's not the best one. <laughs> yeah, she is. You don't remember Funky Kong? Okay, well, true, <laughs> this true, is true. That game, right? <laughs> it is that game. I didn't play with Funky yeah. Kong though. I didn't play. Oh, that. you didn't. You didn't play in Funky mode. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I did play in Funky mode. I didn't play with Funky Kong, and I'll tell you why. Is because the last thing I was going to talk about is the achievements. And the thing about mm -hmm. Funky mode is that it lets you, if you die in a level, you keep the collectibles that you found. So you okay. don't have to recollect like all the Kong and like all that stuff. And you know what? Right. It's like the kind of thing where it's like, I don't think I'd ever, ever have the patience to do that. Mm -hmm. Like go through all the levels. They're hard enough. Right. And some of those, yeah. those uh, things are hard to get. But if I ever wanted a chance at going for like any kind of hundred percent or like unlocking theirs, I know there's levels that are locked by like certain collectibles later on. It's like, I'm going to have to play it in this mode so I can at least go back and get just the ones I missed, you know? And so oh, that's kind okay. of the way that I took it. So is that like an in-between? Because I know like Funky Kong is just, he just surfs through the level. Well, he doesn't give a fuck, right? He just No, he doesn't. He's he doesn't. Gone. He's like, woo, see you later, losers. I should have probably checked <laughs> no, into doesn't. that, to be honest with you. I didn't uh, look into it. Because when you start I, the game, right? Like what, what happens mm -hmm. is you pick the mode. You can't change which mode you're in. So I played, okay. the other difference with Funky Mode is I got um, three hearts instead of two hearts. So I had a little bit more health. So take it for right. what it was. Um, I'm sure the game would be even more challenging <laughs> with only two. But then again, most of my deaths are like falling off the edge anyway, which mm -hmm. I don't think it saves you. But anyway, um, funky mode, you you pick which character you want. So you can choose DK or funky. I didn't actually try funky. Oh, okay. So maybe I should for next time and, and see what okay. it's like. Yeah, I thought it was like one or the other. It was I thought there was yeah. just like baby mode or here's the game. But I actually like that there's that in between of like, you know, a little bit of quality of life if you want to just have a little bit of like it's it's more room for error, right? Like I mm -hmm, want to play mm -hmm. as the main characters because that's how I feel like the, the platforming is designed around, and like that's where the challenge is. And I want it to be hard, but like you said, like okay, if you get the Kong and then you die, and then like maybe you don't have to go grab that right, 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 the second time. And it's like I know I can do it because I did it, but it's just a little bit of like. Well, this is the evolution of like what a bit this. Quicker. Yeah, this is the evolution of what this is, right? Because there's people yeah. that would like, like you, that you want the the challenge of it all. You would rather have the collectibles that way, but then not the health. And it's like one of those things where they've tried to do this mode, but it's obviously not put in perfectly because you should be able to check exactly which of the things you want. And I think that's one of those things It's like, hopefully it just becomes more like that, yeah. you know, in the next version. I, I like I that at least like there are some levels of it, though. Mm -hmm, like you mm -hmm. don't have to play 
funky boy if right. you're in funky yeah. mode. Like, I think I probably do what you would do, to be honest. Is yeah. that kind of like, you know, it's like with Crash sometimes playing the old ones, it's like, yeah, this is great, but like, I just kind of wish I had infinite lives sometimes because, <laughs> oh, you know, man. like, I'm at this checkpoint. I know I can do it. I'm at the last checkpoint in this level, but like, oh, God, I died here. I got to do the whole thing again. And like, I understand yeah. that that longevity is part of the challenge of it, but I know I can do the first three three thirds because I've done it six times. And that's how I feel about Souls game <laughs> yeah. runbacks. Oh. Um, anyways, <laughs> let's move along to what you've been playing, well, uh, okay. which is very interesting and I'd like to hear about it. So please tell Good. me about Melty Snow, going... Warm Snow. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, the game, if you would like to find it outside of this podcast, it is called Warm Snow. In my world, it's called Melty Snow. I don't know. We just made the joke like, "Warm." What is warm snow? Like water. <laughs> and then we're like, "Well, maybe it's just maybe it's still melting." And so we kind of joked around. At it least it's not wet snow. At least it's not wet snow. Anyway, so it's just kind of that's that's the name of it in my mind is is Melty Snow. Um, this game is is bizarre, and I have the weirdest pitch for this game ever for you. <laughs> but okay, let's say that interested Hades to hear. It. Hades is the equivalent of like when you play an RPG and the damage numbers are like the boss has a hundred health and you do like five damage a hit. Oh god. Warm snow is the equivalent of like the boss has like two billion health and you do like fifty thousand damage a hit. And okay. everything's just kind of like, like it's big the numbers. Same. It's the same, but it's just so inflated and bombastic and crazy and so that's that's how it feels to me um basically warm snow melty snow whatever you want to call it is chinese hades mm -hmm. and it's awesome it's do you know awesome. who the developer I'm, is i'm having a blast Interesting. yes i do it is um it comes up what is it in english it's it's bad mud studio is the okay. developer okay so I've never seen anything by them. I haven't really been able to find tons of information on them. They are definitely not an English developer. Um, and this may or may not be their first big game. But they've genuinely done a really good job. So it's the same kind of, of format as Hades where like you kind of go through these. They're, they're separated into scrolls. But it's basically like the same idea as like the layers of hell. Mm -hmm, where you go mm -hmm. through the area and you get to a boss at the end and it takes you to the next area and it's always the same areas every time in order uh, until eventually in yeah. order yeah until eventually you make it to the final boss uh you beat him and then what's cool about this game is like hades does that heat and i try i won't spoil too much but hades is the heat when you finally beat it where it's those like optional difficulties you can keep adding on to increase the heat level of the run um this game has various other like they're, they're various modes they're not as um flexible as heat where you don't get to choose the individual things that you're boosting up but it's basically like okay here's the game again but here's these seven different aspects that are going to make it harder and then you beat that and like okay now you've unlocked the next level of snow that's seven different things harder um but it took a while to beat the initial game like it is not easy yeah like how long is a run um i mean you start to get a hell of a lot quicker once you are once you're decent but i'd say it's about hades length it can yeah. take you anywhere from like half an hour to an hour probably closer to that half hour rain 40 minute range once you kind of know what you're doing but the main difference between it so it plays pretty similar um you only have one 
weapon. It's not like Hades where you choose your weapon at the start and you go in. Oh, that's too bad. What, that's too bad. But what you do choose at the start is you choose like which god you're going to worship. And each god has two different options. And those change things drastically. So your, your base kind of attacks that you've got are you have a sword that does like kind of a three-hit combo. And then you've got these flying knives that you shoot out and then on a cooldown you can recall them so they'll do damage when they shoot out and then they'll do damage on the recall as well and so that's kind of like the bread and butter of like what you have at your disposal but then some of the gods drastically change that so like there's one god that's all ranged like you don't do melee stuff and then mm. there's another god where my two personal favorites are there's this one lightning god you can go for and he can remove there is lightning god where you have the range and have melee and then there's an aspect where it takes away all of your range but it gives you like all this like passive aoe lightning damage so, like, you <laughs> so you're just around. dodging so when well it's not necessarily just dodging but like when you dash through something it'll do lightning damage mm. and instead of your recall now bringing your swords back it like puts you basically into this like god electric mode and it's really cool how it changes how much you have to approach situations mm -hmm. so i guess it's a similar kind of variety in terms of the weapons but it's made through these this choice at the beginning see so it and seems then, like you have more influence on what exactly you get them because you're basically choosing just one god and then one of the two things they pick like that to me that seems like you're getting a little bit more influence on like how you will build it, it's kind of like a double-edged sword in that way like it is and it isn't and i think it's impossible to not think about Hades whenever you play this game because like Hades sort of created mm -hmm. this style of roguelike it was so big and I think it really like carved out a strong niche for itself and yeah. we've seen a couple games since that are really like doing the Hades thing and this is by far I think the most similar game so you have a lot of control in terms of like you pick your god and then everything you want to do based off of that is that god so um you get as you progress the other ways you get better you get relics and you have four different slots for relics and this is one of my favorite things about the game is when you pick one up there'll be like a reward at the end of the room or you can buy it in a shop um kind of similar to like how hades you go in you're like oh this is the room for like a boon or this is a room for like health or like currency mm -hmm, or whatever mm -hmm. this does the same kind of thing you get to usually choose between two different rooms and so if you get one of these relics they all have a set thing that they do or that they buff but then you have four slots and depending on what slot you put it into it has a slightly different effect oh i see so you can have kind of you can you switch those around once you put them and in as well switch you can them around anytime so i really like that in terms of flexibility so it's like oh we got this relic that's usually like you know it does if you put it in this one spot then it does like ice damage when you dodge if you put another slot then it gives you like an ice shield and if you put it in this other slot like it just buffs your ice damage in general and so like you really have a lot of customization on where you choose to put them but i feel like there's less ability for you to choose what ones you come across mm, yeah that's what like i was talking about before right? yeah yeah like in hades you have a lot of tools especially once you get later in the game for like re-rolling what you run into if it's like i really want to find this god there's there's ways for you to like ensure that you do find that god and if you really want to get a certain upgrade from them you can like oh it's not there i'll re-roll and get it a second time so you have a little bit more agency over that stuff where 
in warm snow it feels like you have a lot of agency on i want to do a lightning run here it is my lightning run for sure half the stuff i get is going to be about lightning it's going to be awesome but if there is a certain relic you want you're just kind of luck of the draw so sometimes it feels really shitty when you're like i picked the lightning god but i haven't found a single lightning relic right yeah yeah you're like oh i wanted to play this certain way and now you can't it's like you if your run kind of gets screwed up part way through you can't really do as much as you could in hades to correct it and kind of salvage it right and and to be fair that might be something that gets unlocked later like i have beaten the game once technically like beaten the final boss but i still have a lot of skill trees to upgrade and i still have like those extra difficulty settings to unlock. So mm-hmm. I've got things I need to go along and do. And to be fair, you don't necessarily start out in Hades with a lot of agency over those things. You have to kind of unlock That's true. them That's true. as you go. So it might uh, it might have an aspect of that, but my gut instinct is telling me it's a little bit more RNG. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, everything seems like weirdly overpowered. So <laughs> maybe it's okay, whatever you end up with. Um, the other thing I think is cool is you collect swords as you go so you always use a sword it's always the same three hit combo that doesn't change but you get these swords and they'll have like various attributes on them so be like oh if if something's poisoned do 20 percent extra damage to them or like oh your movement speed is just increased by 10 percent. so they just have like attributes that are randomized to the weapon but then each weapon has a set effect they always have and they relate to the um relics which is neat So it'll say, like, if you have this herb relic in your first slot, then you get this bonus as well. Right. And so, like, you have to kind of, it's hard to do to mix and match that sword to the relics. Because, again, you don't have tons of ways to put them together. But when you do, it feels so cool. And you can really come up with some very creative and interesting builds. It's just hard to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I guess guess when you do, you're going to feel good, right? Yeah, um, and it's good. So anyway, the combat feels good. It's very, it's not as polished as Hades, but again, nothing is. So that's kind of unfair. Um, But it feels good. It's got a lot of interesting enemy variety. The bosses I particularly appreciate because there's multiple bosses for each area. Mm -hmm. So you don't always fight the same boss every single time, which kind of makes the variation makes it nice when you're just kind of re-running the same place over and over again that's one of the few areas i would say hades could have improved on like i know maybe you could argue there is a few different bosses in certain area but more or less you're fighting a lot of the same bosses for the vast majority of the time and it it is kind of like oh my god especially if there's one you don't really enjoy the the fight of as much so that's really good to hear Mm -hmm. that they might have actually found at least one way that they could do the hades thing a little better yeah yeah, so I do I do appreciate that, and it's just random, like, and even if it's just between one or two options, at least sometimes just having that variety is quite nice and helpful. I don't believe so far that the final boss has variety. Um, but that kind of makes like sense, with, though. Yeah, but I also feel like maybe with the difficulties, that might change. Um, and so... We'll see. I've got a lot to do. I might I might do an update. I plan on kind of beating this yeah. game, but then at the same time, it's also making me just want to go finish Hades because I have four achievements left and like, oh, I'm so close. I was going to ask you how long you think you see yourself playing this. Like, I know for Hades, you had quite a long tail on it. Like, you'll probably go back to it eventually, right? And so I wonder, like, is yeah. this going to hold your attention for a long time or is it just sort of a nice diversion for a couple weeks? I feel like it's a nice diversion. I feel like with this style of game, I would recommend Hades 10 out of 10 times. I think I would recommend this game if you really like Hades and want more of something similar. Um, then this is a great way to kind of get back into that kind of, into that style of game if you're 
if you sort of gotten what you want to get out out of Hades. Um, I think the combat is is <coughs> as fun. I think the builds are are really interesting. It is really fun to unlock some stuff. Uh, I like the world a lot in this, and I don't even know too much about it because the translation is uh, questionable. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just inconsistent. Sometimes it's really good, and sometimes it's it's a little rough. And so, like, for example, the first boss has English subtitles. So you can you can't understand what they're if you don't if you only speak English, you can read those subtitles and it's fine. You get to the second boss and there's subtitles, but they're not in English. And so they talk so that's to interesting. you. Like, okay, that's kind of weird. You get to the third boss, and there isn't even subtitles. It's a work in progress, <laughs> so, then. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of. I mean, this game came out like four weeks ago at most. Like it came, it's just come out. So I'm sure they'll be doing some balance patches and adding in some new translation things. Um, but the, the story, at least, is really interesting. You're kind of in this old empire, and the snow. It's snowing a lot, um, and it turns out the snow is actually these like. It's like a pollen of some kind. It's coming out of this flower. And it's actually a pollen. It's not snow. And it's basically turning people into like uh into monsters who are like losing that's frightening. control of themselves. <laughs> but it, it, it's what's really cool. So you, I mean, maybe maybe that's more obvious uh if you can understand everything yeah. the game's telling you. But it was kind of a cool reveal as I got closer and closer and as you get closer to the final boss and you're working your way through these scroll areas, like there's just more snow, more corpses, like it gets it really dark, dark. Right? like by the end i'm like am i playing bloodborne like this is fucked up <laughs> this is a little <laughs> so, too much i i really enjoy the aesthetic i think there's a lot of creativity in this game um and i i hope that they kind of keep iterating on it because there's a lot of really smart ideas and i think it's a blessing and a curse that is it is just chinese style hades mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. on one way like it's you know, you you know what you're getting into. I think that's a big draw. Like this is the reason I started playing, right? Is because I love Hades. But it is also that elephant of the room where like if this game is is like a high B tier or like an low A tier, Hades is S tier. So you yeah, can't get yeah. away from that comparison. True. I think it's one of those things, like you said though, like if you like Hades, just play this. Like there if you really boil it down, there's really only so many different types of games, you know. Like a mm -hmm. lot of games are variations on each other. So it's cool to know that there's other guys out there making I should say yeah, like making something similar to Hades, right? Like you mm -hmm. can you can find extra if you've if you're one of those people that has completed everything. Um, then yeah, why not? It sounds mm -hmm. like a cool game. Yeah, exactly. So I, I would highly recommend it. And I would also highly recommend going back and beating Hades because holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I, I played one run last night and I was like, I'm back on the Hades. I gotta I gotta complete those too. I think I've only done like five completions. So I got I got oh, a few more to do. It's there's not so enough. much left. There's it's not so enough. much left to do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay. Well, uh check in if you play some more Hades. I would like to hear if you, what happens when you get to uh get to the, all of them. So, you know, let me know. Mm -hmm. But, um, Kate, let's transition to the second half of today's show, where we're going to be talking about more games, but this time, instead of games we've played, uh, we're going to talk about games we're looking forward to, because this is our most anticipated games for the year, um, which is always a fun conversation. And now, so we put a couple, couple of little guidelines, which is like, the games have to kind of have a release date, at least, you know, it can't be just, like, Marvel's Wolverine, obviously we're excited, but that, we don't know when that's coming, you know, so we left it off the list, it's got to at least probably be likely to, to have come out. Right, like year, I, right. I have a couple games that don't have an actual date, sure, but like sure. they have been said to come out in 2022, and it seems reasonable. 
so yeah like wolverine no but and yeah. like i didn't put silk song on here as much as i wanted to because like no <laughs> <laughs> the hopes are dying the hopes are dying but uh anyway before we get into some of the more niche picks i guess we should just our plan is to kind of go over some of the more obvious and um you know once we're going to be looking for like namely number one god of war ragnarok like uh playstation podcast obviously god of war one i think it was our number one game of all time on our list when we did that list and obviously uh with ragnarok knowing that that's going to be the end of the duality which is mm -hmm. uh the god of war series they're not doing trilogy uh, for that one at least that's what they've said so far um like how can we not be waiting for that like how is it going to end what's going to happen to our boy Kratos. Especially like, with the oh way God. that uh, the first one ends too. Like there are so many questions. Yeah. And we've been told we're going to all the realms. Like, yeah, that is an absolute no brainer. Like I I will cry when Ragnarok gets, I know. <laughs> gets into I know. my hands. <laughs> I, I really feel like it probably will be delayed. I know a lot of people are kind of having that opinion. So whether or not it makes it this year or not, um, they're saying 2022 on the last I checked on any of the updates. And so that's kind of the last we've heard. And we all we can do is sit here and, and wait and hope that we get to play that later yeah. this year because... Oh, I'm just excited. I'm almost as excited for when they're like, oh, there's a state of play in two days. It's the Ragnarok state of play. Oh, I know. Like, I'm almost as excited for that as like actually playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So that's the that's the first one for sure. And obviously we'll have a lot more to say about that. Um, another game I know we're going to have a lot to say about coming up very shortly, or at least, uh, you know, at least you probably will. I, maybe I will too. Who knows? Is Elden Ring, Kate? I know. Uh, what What can yes. you tell us about this? At At time of recording, uh, it is we are 19 days away from Elden Ring. Well, at time of this being live for you guys, we will be at 18 days of until Elden Ring. And I have had a countdown on my phone like since it got a release date <laughs> and i will not i will not bore you guys with all the details it is there is zero speculation about how excited i am about this game it is pre-ordered i haven't pre-ordered a game in years and i don't intend to pre-order games very often but like i i own elden ring i it's a friday i'm coming home from work i'm <laughs> staying in all weekend playing elden ring maybe i'll take monday off who knows <laughs> yeah yeah i'm looking forward to hearing it yeah. there there's an outside chance i might pick it up because it's it, okay. it's undoubtedly one of the biggest releases of the year right and mm -hmm. as much as i'm not drawn by the the genre and all that too too much like with few exceptions like the game itself is just so big and everything you're saying about it is exciting and the mm -hmm. like the focus on exploration and all of that that really speaks to like what i like about those games and so um yeah you never know but we're definitely going to be talking about that game uh for at least a few episodes to come <laughs> i would imagine um so we'll get to that later on um another one i think we agreed was one of the obvious picks was forespoken right yeah. Uh, and that one, I know, like, I'm I'm really high on that one for sure. I think it's such a cool concept that, like, taking a, someone from the modern day and putting them back in a different kind of more ancient setting. And the whole thing about, uh, I mean, it's, it's a Square Enix game as well. And I typically tend to like a lot of their stuff that's not Kingdom Hearts. And so <laughs> I know this is um, one of the, I think it's the Final Fantasy 15 team that's working on this as well. And so I, I like that game just fine. Like, I think it was a game that could have been improved, but it was all right. And so another, you know, go at what they could do with something adjacent to Final Fantasy with this new concept. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and games industry personality Gary Witta, who I like to follow and seems to be, uh, you know, he knows his stuff. He's a writer as well, uh, is working on it for the on the writing team as well. So I, it's another little bonus, I guess, for me personally. Yeah, this one looks really neat. Um, this, I think, out of all the ones we're excited for, is the only one that is, like, next-gen only, if I 
have my facts right? And like you can really see just everything we've shown on they've shown off on this, right? Like Project Athia mm-hmm, how it started mm-hmm. out as that like amazing tech demo, and then we realized it's actually a game. And just watching the the way everything flows and the visuals and the ray tracing, like it is just absolutely marvelous to look at. And it's not to say that the other games aren't gorgeous because they are. Yeah, but yeah. this just looks like such an interesting like quote unquote next gen experience that. I definitely have my my eyes on it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I know like it's it's got the strong writing team that I uh, mm-hmm. you know been a fan of for sure. So I think that uh, it's it's going to be a good contender. I know I, you were a little bit lukewarm originally about the whole the whole yeah. presentation of it, but I think it may have grown on you a little bit, or what? I think maybe it's grown on me. I mean, I think the element stuff is awesome. Like that'll never not be cool. Yeah. To do a lot of element based things, um, the actual writing and the story and the character, like. I'm not opposed to it, it and I, I like the idea conceptually, but like, I don't know, just watching the trailer, it didn't grab me so much, um, but I am definitely not of a negative opinion, and I, I want to see this game. I want to see more of it, I guess. It's yeah, not yeah. my it's not my Elden Ring or Ragnarok like, day one purchase, <laughs> hey. but it's definitely something I'm keeping an eye on. Sure, yeah, me too, and I, I think I probably will be getting it unless we start getting a lot of news that it's, you know, having a lot of problems or trouble or whatnot, but I'm I'm pretty interested in that. Um, especially being from the Final Fantasy 15 dev and all all that stuff, but um, I think the last one we had on our our list of too big to miss was uh, the New Horizon um, mm-hmm. Forbidden West, and it, it's an interesting place because I think we're both praising this game quite a bit, but I'm not sure either of us are actually going to play it right away just because <laughs> we haven't played the first one to completion, and so um, I don't know if that's going to change for you between now and release, but I mean we're pretty much there, so you'd have to to really hustle. Yeah, so this yeah, this game comes out on the 18th um, which, of February, which is not an ideal place for it to come out, even if I had beaten the first game. Uh, buying a new game on the 18th, which is five days before Elden Ring, is a bad, a bad decision in my book. <laughs> yeah, for you, for sure. <laughs> or I guess for a lot seven of people. days. For yeah. seven days, it's, it's a week apart. But I hope that doesn't drag it down, that there's a lot of other things coming out in February. Uh, it's a really big month, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, Seafood um, just came out today, I think, as the day of yeah, recording as well. It's another, well, nowhere out, as big so. as those two, but still a notable release. That game looked good, too. You know, but it anyway, it, it's definitely, like, Horizon Forbidden West and Zero Dawn are games that are, like, inevitable in my mind. Like, I am going to play them. I have the first one. It is happening. It's just a matter of when. I just need to physically sit down and put the time into it because the the world alone is enough for me on these games. And I've heard so many other good things. Like I know Aloy is such a beloved character. Mm-hmm. They say she's so well written, and you know, there's the combat looks really good. Like there's a lot of things that this game has going for it. But just like the the duality. And the juxtaposition of nature and those like machine animals is enough for me that like if the game was like a romance game, like romance visual novel, I might <laughs> yeah. still play it. Like it's still so worth cool. It. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I, I mean, I remember I played what 10, 15 hours of the first one and kind of fell off, but it is it's a cool world. And, and you I mean, it's 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 kind of a played out concept in a way. The whole like, oh, our nature is actually infused with tech sort of mm-hmm. you know it's it's not like it's never been seen before but the way they present it and and the way it's kind of interwoven together with the story is cool and and i mean there's a reason that game's so beloved right and so, so praised but um we'll be talking about it soon i'm sure whether it's one of us picking it up or or a review roundup of sorts we'll we'll get to it on the show at some capacity and um yeah we'll talk about it um kate what else are you looking forward to 
Um, okay, yeah, so we both came up with a list, and I've kind of just got mine in order of release date. So mm-hmm, I'm going to go mm-hmm. that way instead of bias. Sure. Um, my next one, it's it's another pretty big game, and it's very appropriate um, for what we've been talking about with February being a big month, but Destiny is getting its Witch Queen expansion on the 22nd. Wow. And would you have ever thought that you'd be looking <laughs> forward to that? Would you? Would I have ever thought I'd be looking forward to this? Absolutely not. Um and I, I have a strong bias because, you know, some friends have picked it up and it's very much a social game for me. So would I buy Witch Queen on my own? Absolutely not. Would I buy Witch Queen because I know a bunch of people who are super excited about doing day one raids and like, <laughs> yes, you talking would. about it? Yeah, maybe. So I don't think I'm getting it on the 22nd because, you know, that's going to run into my Elden Ring time and that's, that's right. unfortunate. Right, right. Uh, and they tend to go on pretty good sales if you just kind of wait around a little bit. Um, but I definitely have an eye on Witch Queen. It seems like they're adding some really cool areas, some really cool weapons. Like a new raid is just the most exciting thing that a Destiny player could ever get. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, one of my best friends is a huge Destiny player. You know, he's got a he's got a clan and as a you know a quite a quite a standing yeah. in the clan and all that stuff. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I know it's a huge thing and especially big for PlayStation too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Destiny. We'll be talking about that on the news show next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. With with Bungie and all that, but that's cool. I'm I'm happy for you. Um, and I'm gonna say my first game I'm looking forward to in no specific order. I didn't list them by anything other than what I thought of. Uh, and I've brought it up on the show before, but Metal Slug Tactics. Yes. yes. Can we please can we please get on the Metal Slug Tactics train? I, I there's a the lot of tactics games, and I even noted here like there's a lot of strategy games coming out soon. There's the Advance Wars Reboot Camp. There's Marvel Midnight Suns. There's Metal Slug Tactics. There's, uh, you know, there's a few others that came out last year too. These games are making a renaissance of some kind, but Metal Slug Tactics looks great to me. It has that like GBA art style. Yes, it um, really does. It has the classic sort of Metal Slug look. Um, I don't remember if you remember the trailer we saw for it, but there's kind of like those anime cutscenes with the yeah, that awesome stylish music. Um, I yeah. just love yeah, the vibe like, of this game. It does that like cool like anime cut, and then it's like the person's face yeah, yeah, in close, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And I I just love this the look and the feel of this game. It looks like it's tons of fun, and um, I love them when they I love when they reinvent franchises in a slightly different way. Like Metal Slug for sure. It's yeah. not one of the biggest franchises in gaming. It's never never really has been, never will be. But it's a notable like people know Metal Slug, and whenever they can make a quality product that's like more than just a spin-off and i and i think this game looks great i mean who's to say if it will be or not but it's uh i mean it's got the the right teams on it i think it's actually like an official product it's made in affiliation with snk obviously and so i just really hope it, it is what i want it to be and um, if it is i think i'll lose myself to quite a few hours of metal slug tactics at some point this year that's awesome it does it does generally look like a really good game um, I didn't realize it was coming out so soon, so that's awesome. Well, I think it's just listed. It's March 31st, right? So I don't know if that's a right. placeholder for like the this quarter of the year. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but I think it'll be soon, if not the okay. 31st. Fingers crossed. Um, that's awesome. My next game is one I think that we... I think is like the one on my list that is a guaranteed we both have. Okay, so, I know what it is too. Is it another strategy it. game? It, it might kind. be another strategy game. <laughs> it's a strategy game, but it's got a really good shape yeah, involved yeah. with it. Right. Uh, yeah. March 4th, assuming it doesn't get any delays, is supposed to be Triangle Strategy. Yeah. And See, I'm another so game. Glad they kept, I'm so glad they kept the name. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> triangle yeah, yeah. Strategy. Yeah. This game, we both played the demo and we both fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. It is. It looks so good. It's basically like 
if Final Fantasy Advanced Tactics meets like Divinity Original Sin 2 because there's like element manipulation you can play with. So if something's wet, then you throw some electricity on it and that's more powerful. Or you can put fire out with water and it's got that like grid-based tactics with all your different units that have unique classes and abilities. And then it also has some like crazy political like social sim aspects to it where like they they've talked that up as a big part of the game is actually going to be making choices and you do one in the tutorial and it was a hard choice if i remember it was a hard choice yeah do you want to do the good guy route or do you want to do the bad guy route it was basically like you're in a tough position there's a few different options of how you can kind of deal with this conflict what do you think is going to be the best outcome based off of the limited information you had yeah and like the coolest part to me about that was like you had to choose as a character in the game like the, the main character you are but all the other characters had opinions and so you could talk to them and like try to sway them one way or the other based off of what information you had but also some of them just voted against you because that was their character and they just fundamentally disagreed and that to me is so incredibly exciting if they get that aspect of the game right holy shit is this going to be an s tier game for me i i'm so there with you i think this is listeners will know we have some pretty different tastes a lot of the time in a lot of games but i think (laughs) this is like us with the handshake thing we're like yes we both need to play this right away It just, it's exactly everything you said. You nailed it so hard. Like the way that it's not just a binary good or evil choice. Like it's one of those games. It reminds me a lot of um, the Banner Saga, like how you have to make a choice, but it's like, well, okay, this, you know, the, the town is starving. Do we invest our money in food or do we grow more livestock? And there's like, whatever you think is the better way to do it. There could be a consequence. You're not sure. And even if you are sure, you don't know if everyone's going to vote for you. And so it seems like if they nail that, you're right, because the combat seems really solid. Um, as long as it doesn't do like the, I know Octopath Traveler was a good example of this for me where it's like, it is fun, but eventually it gets like way too of like that RPG, like difficulty spike in terms of like, we were talking about grinding with Dragon Quest. I just hope it doesn't mm-hmm. go there, but as long as it lands, it's balance in terms of the combat and then the, the social aspects being like what we want them to be in terms of like that balance of influence, but not like hundred percent control. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's going to be like. A game of the year contender for both of us i would mm-hmm. say and the question for you like i'm buying this the first like day one for sure when it comes out i hope you're doing the same i hope it can get you away from elden ring uh, <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see need a we'll palate cleanser I, you know what the other thing too is i want a good reason to play my switch i haven't played my switch much yeah. recently and like i i want I want to bring that bad boy out again, but it's March 4th. It's tough. We'll, we'll see. Look, I'm t- I'll lend you my Donkey Kong. You can cram that in. It's only like, okay. you know, six or seven hours. Then you can warm okay. the switch up. And then after you play some Elden Ring, get your fill, you can uh, triangle strategy. It'll All be right. perfect. This- this is absolutely a plan. Um, but tell me another game you're excited <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. me on this ever-growing list that never I will. seems to get shorter. I know, it really doesn't. Well, I mean, yeah, Triangle Strategy was on my list too, so yeah. I'm glad you brought yeah. that one up. Um, why not just go right into another strategy game? Because that's what all we're talking about this year again. Yeah. Um, Mario plus <laughs> Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Or Ubisoft Montreal Sparks of Hope. Or, you know, I do a bad <laughs> French accent. But, uh, yeah, you know, this is the kind of thing... I think I said it before. I don't know if we've actually really talked about this game on the show, but uh, man, I never thought I would like any property that had rabbits in it. And I do. Yep. I really strongly do. This game 
is a surprise. Like Mario uses guns. Hit Luigi has like a sniper rifle. You know, <laughs> it's it's very strange. It reminds me of um, do you remember Shadow the Hedgehog back on GameCube? It's like yeah, where he yeah, rode a motorcycle and had like a like a handgun or something. And yeah, and so, they went through that weird emo phase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that was this never the kind of thing that you know these characters for, but occasionally it happens. And this game was really really good. I think it had a, a perfect balance of like I love the three member team of your squad. Like you couldn't. It was never like the battles were these huge scope of like sometimes, you know, in Fire Emblem, mm -hmm. it can be like an hour or like an hour and a half for a map if you really want to be careful. And these were like a lot smaller scale, but still challenging in the right spots. And I'm just so excited to see what they do and if they can maintain that same kind of level of of intricate play, like however you want to use your different teams and put them together. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I, I have the exact same sentiment like that game is way better than it has any business being right like that is a good game not only is that a good game like it's a good game despite having rabbits and <laughs> it's a good game like without having to play into the mario aspect like, i didn't even somehow, hate the rabbits like, though that's the thing like i didn't they hate were them surprisingly not yeah bad. they weren't great but yeah. you know yeah i found other aspects of the game really funny i don't think i ever ended up liking any of the rabbits characters but mm -hmm. some of the the worlds that were created with them were, were quite cute and yeah, charming. yeah um and yeah it was just a good game in its own right it was so creative the boss fights were neat like how they use the terrain how you could like jump off of other characters heads to get like movement boosts and stuff like it had a lot of stuff going on that it wasn't just like let's make a turn-based combat game using mario it was like We've made this really unique, cool turn-based combat strat like strategy game, and Mario just kind of happens to be there. Like he did, he wasn't necessary to sell it. He just yeah, no, not at all, not at ride. all. Like yeah, that is a good one. It's a great um, game, and so yeah, a lot of maybe some Switch is gonna be coming out this year. Like more Switch maybe. than last year, and some more. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll be maybe. different. I think I'm out of Switch games, unfortunately, but I do have another game for you now. This one also super relevant uh mentioned at the top of the show this is my last game that has an actual release date and it's mm -hmm. march 25th we're getting ghostwire tokyo yes yes and we just saw gameplay of that too we just saw some gameplay uh it got its own big big trailer and breakdown and the studio like got interviewed and they just seem like a wonderful group of people um so i guess we'll talk more in depth on that in our next news episode mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but holy shit i always knew that ghostwire tokyo was a game i had my eyes on and I am only getting ex more excited every time they show it. It just seems like such a weird, cerebral, paranormal world that is nothing like I've ever seen before. Like, it's very much that Okami, like, Japanese spirit world kind of stuff. But it's set in Tokyo. And from what the developers were talking about, it seems like they did a really faithful imagining of Tokyo. And then just threw a bunch of paranormal shit on top of it. That's always and, good, though, you know, like it's they yeah. they are trying to get the real place because I think it really adds something to people who are also like from there or who have been there yeah. and they can see like, oh, my God, that's the street. Like I go to work down there, you know, like, yeah, that's absolutely. cool. And that is that is one of the coolest things. And so in like a lot of Western gaming, we don't typically tend to get this aesthetic very much. Like we do get Japanese stuff, but it's typically more like Ghost of Tsushima or Sekiro or like samurai kind of Japanese inspired thing. We don't get a lot of the really like mystical and like mythical side. So mm. I was excited enough just based off of that to, to have a really cool new world. But it seems so cool. Like the combat to me looks very like almost like Bioshock inspired where you've got these yeah, like yeah. powers and the elements and like you're you're using these like magical threads and then you're like 
manipulating objects and it just seems like really really weird but in the best way possible and i just want to like tinfoil hat this game and like try to figure out what the hell is going on yeah i th i think it looks like all those things too I, my my biggest takeaway i guess we'll probably talk about it more again on the news show is like i thought it looked quite dishonored like except yes. maybe more fo focused on combat than than like dishonored i feel like pushes you more towards stealth and like yeah, it, it kind of wants you to be stealth, whereas this I feel like is is more like you can kill by stealth if you want, but these moves are fucking cool and you want to KO some guys <laughs> yeah. with them. Basically. Absolutely. Basically, yeah, that's a good shout though. I I I think Ghostwire was pretty cool. Um my next one I'll shout out. This is I got a couple devolver games in in a row here. And my I'll call it first uh card shark. And I don't remember if you remember seeing this. Um, I think it was like in an in Nintendo Indie World or something last year, but it's a game. Uh, it's from the developer of Reigns, yes. you know, like that. Uh, it's like a card game on your phone where you kind of swipe yes or right or left, depending on like what right. choice you like want to make, political like political and decisions. And then so this is their next game. And it's a game about like counting cards and cheating in cards. And the I guess it's the whole premise of it is that it takes place in like 18th century France and you're trying to gain political power and like. I don't know you're trying to gain some kind of noteworthiness I guess in that type of setting but you're doing it by gambling essentially but you're not really gambling you're cheating and you're trying not to get caught and so beyond that I don't think they really outlined too much of how the mechanics work but I, I think this is a cool little premise for a game and I always like kind of unique stuff that that's never really been done I think and uh, this is something that I can't really think that's been done before like a cheating card game so it seems cool and um, if it's anything like Reigns it should be pretty simple to play but hard to kind of get all the way through and see everything so I'm, I'm hoping for something along those lines and I, I'm hoping that it comes out this year too because I also don't think it has a, a firm release date. No, I think it's just release date, like a nebulous 2022. Mm -hmm, but yeah, mm -hmm. this game looked cool. It was also gorgeous. Like it has a neat, yeah, like yeah. kind of French painted art style. It's certainly um, a step up from their, from Reigns, like what that was. That was, that yeah. was clearly like, that's a mobile game where, I mean, it was a good one, but it was a mobile game. Whereas this looks more like, okay, let's, you know, let's step it up a little bit and make like more of a lower end-ish console type of yeah look. Th this is 100 percent the kind of game where like i would like it on mobile though like i could see myself playing mm -hmm. this on the train or something right because like yeah. it just yeah. seems really like short bite-sized and and kind of like what reigns was like yeah in that terms of like gameplay style so like yeah i want to i want to play this on the train it looks just <laughs> lovely maybe it's a switch maybe it's the switch again maybe it's a switch again <laughs> yeah uh, how many more you got on your list there, Kate? I got two left. Uh, two left myself. Okay, I've, I've got three left. So I'll okay. hit with yeah, one go and ahead, go, go back ahead. and forth. Um, I can give you another. I believe it's also Devolver, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, so it is called Cult of the Lamb. This was in consideration to be on my list, surprisingly. Okay, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's the developer is Massive Monster, but it's being published by Devolver. And this game, it reminds me a lot. Um, the playstyle looks kind of like Death's Door to me where it's a very like artistic stylized kind of like top-down action game where you've got, you know, like various weapons, maybe some magic, a roll, a sword, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it is just like the premise is you've started, you're this little lamb and you've like started your own cult. <laughs> and like it's really weird and dark, but done in like the most cutest, like little chibi almost aesthetic. And it had a really hectic kind of trailer, right? With it like some really silly music and all that stuff. Trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of like um, Death's Door kind of style gameplay. And you do like most of that dungeon crawling and boss fights and stuff. But then you also have a little like town management aspect where like 
I guess you bring all these people you you've like conditioned to be in your cult back to your town <laughs> and you gotta like decide what kind of buildings to put up for them and stuff. So it just looks like bombastic and hilarious, but also looks like a really fun polished game at the same time. It's a, quite a combination. Looks mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Um, my next one, the other Devolver game I wanted to bring up was Weird West. And this is a game, uh, it's published by Devolver, but it's from Wolf Eye Studios. I think it's actually their first game. Um, but this game just looks really interesting to me, and it's not something that usually draws me in. It's sort of like a twin-stick action type of game, and it takes place in, in the, the Wild West. But um, as you can see in the title, Weird West, some weird shit happens, <laughs> and it's kind of got like a little bit of a horror vibe. It's, it's a little supernatural, and... It's got some like it's you're basically working your way through different levels, but you can get a ton of different powers like in the trailer they show you can be in like a tornado and you can have all these different sort of um, things you can morph into like a werewolf and, and you can sneak around or, or in stealth guys or kind of run through walls and take them out with these different um, abilities you gather like there's just a lot of variety um, and it, mm -hmm. it looks like a very interesting game and, and whether or not it all works and comes together is kind of remains to be seen but i know that from what i've seen it looks like an interesting concept and it, and it just looks like a lot of fun to be in somewhere like a western world honestly because you don't get to go to those types of locations a whole lot if you don't want to play i guess red dead redemption right <laughs> yeah that's fair there was a um uh like an under like a western underworld game that came oh out west recently. of dead west of dead was it is it west maybe? of dead maybe maybe that sounds kind of right yeah, West of Dead, that's right. It yeah. kind of looks like that to me a bit. I played a little bit of that game and it was really fun. Yeah, um, I think this one's more action focused than that or I don't remember, but either way, this this game looks mm -hmm. good to me. I would like to check it out. And Devolver like we all I mean I I think Devolver is always a quality like push in the right, right direction if you think if something will be good. Yeah. If it's from Devolver, I feel like more often than not you get what you're looking for, so it kind of pushes it up. Like if this was being published by some other, you know, group i've never really heard of it might not be so exciting but i think that kind of puts it in the right column yeah agreed they put a lot of love into their games always make weird stuff but it's always good <laughs> <laughs> they're weird yeah for sure um all right well i've got two more for you this is another unannounced date um but it's set to come out 2022 and this is the new plague tale requiem Ooh, i wondered if you if you'd put this on your list yeah absolutely like i've talked about in the past plague tale has only risen so highly in my mind like when we do that next um, reevaluation of our top games, like Plague Tale is making a strong right, commentary right. for itself. And I am so excited to see how they've reiterated on the formula and just kind of, there were, there were some cracks for sure in the first game, but the writing and the story in the world was just phenomenal for me. And the more I think about this game, the more I've just fallen in love with it. And so for it to get a sequel to kind of, you know, catch up with everyone, see how they're doing, what's new for these characters, and then also maybe just to, to shore up some of the, the cracks in the gameplay. Like, holy shit, like, this mm. this genuinely is maybe, aside from Ghostwire, the one I'm most looking forward to, not wow. counting the obvious games. Right, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's high praise. Are you going to be day one on that, do you think? Depending what you're playing, I guess? Or? It depends. Dep it always yeah. depends what I'm playing. I'm always, sure. my brain always wants to be day one on <laughs> yeah. all these games. But, um, right. No point buying But other things get in the way. Yeah. There. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a good call. I, I think that, yeah, we've, we'll have an interesting conversation about that when it comes out and during our, our top games list as well, because as people will know, we have maybe some slightly differing opinions on 
the first one, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so my last game on my list, and this is one that I wasn't sure if you were going to have, but for me, it's like right up there along the very top of what I'm most looking forward to, but it's Marvel's Midnight Suns. Man, yes. this game, it's supposed to just be, uh, I think it's like Q3, Q4, 2022. So hopefully it just kind of squeaks in in the fall or, you know, early winter, I guess, before New Year. But man, you know what? To have a new Marvel game that's like squad based and not, you know, the the online kind of Avengers Crystal Dynamics game, which is like the whole live service thing. Like this game, to me, being a strategy game from the people that made, um, oh, what's the XCOM, right? And mm-hmm. there's such a perfect little little marriage of skill sets because Marvel has interesting characters that all have unique abilities and relationships with each other. Put that on top of a tactical role-playing game like they can make it fire axis because I really enjoyed XCOM. Like I played, I tried to get into it a couple Mm -hmm. times, right? And the gameplay is fun, but I know you're kind of like me where you get put off by like that harsh military sort of setting. And to me, if they can make a game with sort of that quality of, of the tactics and the, the depth of what the tactics are like in those games, but make it Marvel and then add on top of it sort of the story, the choices you can make and the ability to make your own Marvel hero. And uh, I know there's like a card system as well where you get sort of abilities for different missions. It just seems like there'd be so much there and they've got such a well of characters. Like there's a nice mix of some uh, more niche characters, I guess. And then they also have Iron Man and, you know, Wolverine and the, and the standards, but it just seems so cool. And the Metallica song in that trailer, I'm just like, yes. Oh yes, give me, <laughs> give me Marvel's midnight suns and let me play that game. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this year yeah midnight suns looks incredibly cool i didn't think it was coming out in 2022 so i overlooked that well i might Um, not be but that's what they're saying right now so that's why it's on my list (laughs) that game looks incredible and the best part of that trailer was the metallica song it was so good yeah i don't know if that says good Uh, things about the game if the best part is the song in the trailer but we didn't really see too much of the game honestly like really anything so that's true the aesthetic was good too so had a lot going for it um but you know what does music even better then oh, please tell me midnight suns. please okay, tell me this is i i may have be lied about the plague deal thing saying it was the, it was the second it might be third because i remembered i put to close out my list metal hellsinger oh yeah shit. metal hellsinger apparently it's coming 2022 i am so so excited about this game so basically it's like a doom style shooter which does not say katie at all right like that is not a game you'd normally associate with me but this one is a rhythm game at the same time. And I think it's so incredibly creative because it's so true when you're playing like fast paced action games, you do just sort of get into a rhythm, right? Like you'll kind of bop your head or tap your toes, or at least I will, like I'll, I'll get really into the music. Like it adds a lot to me. So this game is, and the developer is really interesting. The outsiders, I believe is what they're called. They kind of said, this is like just such a logical or like continuation of that idea and, and it like, is. honestly it is. we're shocked no one else has done this before and so you're doing this doom style shooting but you have to shoot on beat and the music like ramps up as you go and it just looks like such a fun evening to sit down and just feel like an absolute badass and it doesn't come up very often but i'm a really big metal fan so that's obviously doing tons for me and they've got some big bands for this game like lamb of god's gonna be there trivium soil work arc enemy uh and my personal favorite quote i actually have tickets to go see in april and i'm hella excited is ginger's gonna be there or at least the main singer of ginger and if you haven't ever heard ginger holy shit look that bad man up. i gotta look him up i, I really oh, do i think i may have sent you them before you but probably anyway, did we yeah you'll, you'll know when you hear it but 
she well i'll ruin the surprise for everyone ginger has a female singer and i've never heard anyone with that range she goes from like the beautifulest highest most delicate notes to like the lowest amazing screaming and like wow she's just okay. an absolute legend i'm so looking it up after this the game like there's just so many good bands all coming together to make this work and like i've seen online that they say this is gonna blow out like all the other music games like goodbye dance dance revolution goodbye parappa <laughs> the rapper we got metal hell singer now <laughs> yeah well move over parappa yeah move over patapon <laughs> and yeah I, you know what i didn't even remember that game honestly i we've talked about it on the show a few times but yeah. i'm excited for that too if not only for the soundtrack you know just yeah. having something to do while listening to those those music or those bands is fantastic Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. I'm just so excited to play games this year, you know? Like, there's, Man, 2022 there's an abundance. is such a good year for gaming. And the, like, there's going to be so much jobs, stuff, man. too. There's going to be so much stuff we don't know about, too. Like, all the stuff <laughs> yeah. you got to think that would have probably come out, like, last year or at least been announced that's been delayed. Like, there's there's going to be a lot of stuff that uh, yeah, we don't even I, know about I now. I feel like by the time March is over, there's already, like, a huge handful of new games that, like, I'm going to be trying not to buy because it's so <laughs> yeah. exciting and that's like just you know like three months it's 2022 is gonna be insane <laughs> yeah i agree it's gonna be good but uh we'll talk about that on future shows because we have to end this one out for the day kate but before we do we of course have a listener mail question to end the show with and like we said at the top of the show you can write in to be part of listener mail if you want to get in touch with us at circles and squares pod at gmail.com or on twitter wherever we post our um you know the links there you can just send us a message ask us a question tell a story whatever you want um just like our writer today did kate and you want to read the message we got from uh, I think it's not their real name. It's Big Mikesicle 420 back again. But uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why go by anything else? Is what I have to say. Um, but yes, he says hello, R1s and L1s. Longtime listener, first time writing in a question. What is a remaster you think is worse than the original, and what is a remake you think revived a dead franchise? Please note the difference between remaster and remake. Would absolutely adore your take on this. In brackets no final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> yours truly big mexico 420 <laughs> yeah well you know what final fantasy 7 people already like it anyway so remake a dead franchise like that's not dead anyway come on wouldn't be a good answer but uh it's hard to think about like for me there was a lot of remakes that i thought did a good job to bring things back but when it came to like the remasters that that were worse than the original i found that hard to think of like usually these games get better when they get remastered you know or at least the ones that i've played yeah, that one's tough for me too because I I feel like there aren't very many games I've I've played both of as well. Like I know when Demon Souls came out and like obviously Bluepoint did an absolutely incredible job. Like that game is runs flawlessly. It looks amazing and it was really faithful to the original game, but I guess they with the way that the lighting works, some people feel like the atmosphere is slightly shifted in some of the areas and they're like, "Oh, it's it's so much worse than the original one cuz it's it's just slightly different." Um yeah, and yeah. so like that's so specific though like i i don't think i'm familiar with very many games that like i'm so intimately knowledgeable about the first one and then also played yeah right right the remaster most of the time for me it's like i buy the remaster of games that i missed the first time around yeah. so that i or it's a game that i really enjoyed the first time and then so i want to play the remaster but they're both good and i wouldn't say that it was like improving on something that really really <laughs> needed it more so than i was buying something i just wanted to experience again 
but yeah. we'll try our best to answer the question in the vein of, of what it was. Mm -hmm. And I can answer easily for the, the remake that I think revived a dead franchise. And you can maybe okay. argue with me if it was dead or not. But I really think that uh, Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS revived Metroid as a dead series because we hadn't had a Metroid game that had come out in like years and years. It, would, it had been so long. Uh, really for anything of consequence for Metroid and then Mercury mm -hmm. Steam the team that worked on Samus Returns they did you know a relatively good job for what they were expecting to get the reviews were pretty good and then Mercury Steam was was given the opportunity to work on Metroid Dread after the fact so the fact that I think that they did so well with Returns and and uh, you know made a quality product then gave them the green light to go ahead and do original work which was not a remake and and Dread was fantastic um, last mm -hmm. year and so i think uh it really revived metroid and now we have of course all the rumors of well i guess the the metroid prime rumors and stuff were going on before but i mean now people are i think are probably talking about it more just because metroid's back kind of in the the discussion again because of dread mm -hmm. so i would say uh yeah metroid samus returns and i think that was in 2017 or something that came out i didn't write down a date but maybe i'll look it up while you uh you you give us your answer yeah, that's definitely a good one. Um, I tried to think of ones that I, I had played and um Yeah, twenty seventeen. Like, twenty seventeen. That's nice. Um, yeah, I, I kinda went with um the Crash Bandicoot one that was sitting on mm -hmm. my shelf and maybe I was slightly biased because I, you know, was sitting right there and I just unpacked it. I but... knew there was a reason you brought this up this episode. <laughs> I mean it's it's one of the ones that I've it's one of the rare ones that I have played both uh the original and the new one. And I love it. Like, I wasn't super intimate with the first one, so maybe there's certain things that people preferred. But, like, I just think it's it's so wonderful, and I really think it did a good job to bring Crash back into, like, the discussion. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there there is, like, out of time. Like, we finally got Crash 4, right? And, like, all the taglines on that game were, like, joking around, like, joking around about how long it's been. Yeah, finally, finally back. Finally come out, right? And, like... I don't think that game would have come out if the like trilogy did not do well. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's yeah, you're hundred percent right. I think. And you're right. That game was great. That's a, that's a good answer. Have you, have you played the fourth one or do you want to play it? Uh, I haven't yet. I haven't finished the re or the, the trilogy yet. Mm. Um, so I think once I eventually do, it's kind of one of those games where like, I, I just throw it on for like an hour at a time every now and again. When See I how far you get. It's like, oh, I've got an hour in the morning. We'll have my coffee before I've got to do something. I'll just throw that on and just kind of <laughs> Relax and play so some Crash. I'm yeah. kind of like slowly going through it or like, yeah, it's kind of fun to throw on if a friend's over and like we'll pass the controller back and forth and stuff. So mm -hmm. I think eventually like is a game i'd want to play i see it maybe being like a great ps plus game for, for that would be nice month. that would be really nice um but yeah eventually yeah. i definitely do have some interest that's cool the, the i had one other quick shout out for this one and it's not i it wasn't my answer because it's just a remaster not a full remake but i really think the mass effect trilogy coming out last year really mm -hmm. breath breathed some life into uh, Mass Effect, not that I thought it was dead, but I mean, people really didn't like Andromeda and I think it made mm -hmm. everyone kind of like, instead of being totally excited for whatever the new Mass Effect game is, the conversation is is not like, oh, we can't wait. It's, oh, I hope it's not like Andromeda and I hope it's better. So the fact that the trilogy came out and it was remastered and fixed a lot of the, you know, some of the shit with the Mako and all that, even though it wasn't perfect, I think it like at least turned that conversation around back to like Mass Effect is good. And, right. It reminds uh, yeah. everyone why they love the franchise. Exactly. Not just, exactly. Know, but it's a remaster, it so it didn't, didn't count in the in terms of the question. But uh, in terms of remasters that are worse than the originals, 
Um, this was the, the, the tough part for me. And I honestly, I will admit, I, I kind of copped out a little bit on my answer because um, I've not played any of these, but it's just kind of what I've observed throughout the, the, the last little bit. Just because I'm, I've, I've talked about it before, I'm hoping to play um, every Final Fantasy game at some point, like go back through and maybe not like, you know, the very original ones, but um, like in terms of like Final Fantasy V and VI, and um, even even four, I know that they're available on like a ton of platforms these days. But I know like so many of the remasters and like the ports on on Steam and like mobile and whatnot. There's like such a variety of them, and so many of them apparently are just not good. Whether they use like different fonts or have different graphics to change around, or just they don't run the way they're supposed to. And I don't know how much of that is like people just kind of complaining online and being like, "Oh, the Super Nintendo one's the best," and "fuck you," and and all and whatever. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like. You know the games were great in their original form and so i hope that they're not like they hope they aren't all dramatically that much worse because eventually i would like to play them in some modern form so uh yeah i gotta dig through kind of the crap to get to the good versions of those but apparently there's some pretty shoddy remasters in in the classic final fantasy realm so i'll, I'll go with that yeah that's unfortunate um this is a tough one for me as well because I haven't played many and the ones I have played have been good. So this one, the most personal I can get with this is the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection that they made right. for Switch. I was really looking forward to it and I was going to pick it up, but I read really bad reviews. Um, and it, basically just people saying that like they were like shitty emulations of the games and some of them didn't run very well. And I know there's a lot of issues, especially with 64 saying that they like patched some of the things that were like yeah technically were like glitches but were very like core to like speed running and how things like worked uh, in the game and so a lot of people were upset that you know that was a very like quintessential part of the game and they don't understand why that that would be yeah you know yeah. Like, quote unquote fixed right because it was like a, you know like a legacy element at this point and just apparently they don't they don't run the smoothest and they were overall quite disappointing so I never ended up picking up the collection, which was sad because I missed Sunshine and Galaxy. And so like I loved Super Mario 64 and I've loved Odyssey, but I've sort of missed the ones in the middle. And I was looking forward to this as being like a convenient way to play them because as you know, we reiterate all the time, Nintendo's not always the easiest to get some of their old No, not at all going. But uh yeah, I ended up skipping this one from for some bad reviews. So damn it's a bummer too that story yeah. reminds me a lot of the um halo master chief collection also like it's another game mm -hmm. i haven't played it i played it like one time last year but apparently that game was just like a nightmare when it was supposed to be a collection of all the older halos and it's like to some extent it's kind of weird like how come nintendo doesn't have to do a proper job of emulating their own game you know it's kind of like that story of the super nintendo in our yeah. last news show it's like why why would he have to use a bootleg emulator like why, why don't they have something built in on nintendo's own platform to do that it's just it's kind of weird, you know, but I guess there's a reason. I guess uh, I guess that's the way it is. But I'm sorry you didn't get to play your Mario games. And um, yeah, that's too bad. But maybe good you didn't use your money if you didn't uh, like what mm -hmm. they did. Maybe, maybe I can buy uh, I can buy some of these new games. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll be Triangle Strategy instead. That's right. Bye yeah. bye Mario. We're that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your question, Big Mikesicle420. And thank you all to listening to the show or listening to the show today. Um, we really appreciate it as always. 
Um, but I think that's going to wrap us up for today. So we're going to get on out of here and we'll see everyone again in t uh, the end of uh, next Monday, I guess, for our news show where we'll be talking about, uh, yeah, that Ghostwire Tokyo news, um, the Gran Turismo state of play that just happened. And we'll be talking all about PlayStation buying a little company called Bungie as well and what that will mean uh, going forward. So look forward to that um, on Monday's show and we'll see you all on the next one.